Pet Behavior Consulting Essentials. The essentials for success for those who work with pet behavior problems. With your hosts, Dr. Suzanne Hetz and Dr. Dan Step, Behavior Education Network. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Suzanne Hetz. And Dr. Danny Step. And we want to welcome you again to this episode of Pet Behavior Consulting Essentials. And on this podcast, we can't think of anything more essential, really, than being able to help an owner house train a dog. Because um, house training is one of the more essential pieces of having a well-behaved dog in your family. And one of the most misunderstood by pet owners, particularly new pet owners. Absolutely. And you'll notice first off that we called it house training and not house breaking. That's one of our pet peeves because to us the term breaking applies or implies that there's some sort of bad habit that has to be broken. And we don't view house training that way at all. What we view house training as is um, teaching the dog appropriate behavior. Um, There really aren't any bad habits to break. He's just relieving himself where and when he chooses, and we need to train him uh, about some ways to make some different choices about that. So to us, our way of thinking is that there's really three components to house training, and we're going to talk about those in, in this episode as well as a couple of myths that are out there. But the three components are, first off, helping the puppy establish desirable preferences for where and when to eliminate, Secondly, preventing unwanted preferences from developing. And thirdly, establishing a two-way communication system between the puppy and the owner so that the puppy can alert the owner when he or she needs to relieve herself. So before we get to those three components, let's talk about um, a particular myth that um, is oftentimes part of house training that we want to clear up a little bit. As we mentioned, one of the components of house training is preventing unwanted preferences for from developing. And one tool that can be very helpful in doing that is, um, uh, is a crate so that we don't allow the puppy to go into places where she can relieve herself inappropriately when we can't watch her. And a crate is a, is a good way of supervising or managing a puppy when she can't be under direct um, supervision of the owner. But we've heard it said that um, a crate can, um, crating a dog during house training can help her learn to control her bat- bladder and bowels. And that is just a myth. And would you like to tell the listeners why that's a myth, Dr. Dan? Well, first of all, the dog's bowel and bladder control isn't established by uh, an act of will. So it isn't something that the dog has any kind of control over, at least not initially. And so the thinking that you put them into a crate and then they're automatically going to hold their bowels and bladder for however long that they're supposed to be in there simply doesn't work. Because once the dog reaches the limit, the physical limit, then he or she's going to eliminate. And once they start eliminating in the crate, then they can develop a preference for doing that that can then be um, difficult to break later. So what really happens with bladder and bowel bowel control, this is a a normal maturation process, right? Where as puppies mature, they develop the the physical motor control that will allow them to 
um, control their bladder and bowels for longer and longer time periods. So it's a normal maturation process. It doesn't have anything to do with confinement. Is that a good way to put it? Right. Um, imagine having a, a small child that you're trying to uh, potty train. You wouldn't lock him up in a room. Um, without a potty. Without a potty to, in, to try and teach him how to control his bowels and bladder. It doesn't work that way. So that's, that's the first myth that we wanted to clear up. So let's go back to our three components, and let's talk about the first component, which is helping the puppy establish good preferences for um, where he likes to eliminate based on um, location and, and texture. And it's, it's well known that dogs develop preferences for the kinds of surfaces that they like to relieve themselves on early on in life. And part of that is influenced by just um, the normal development of, of typical elimination behavior. And if you're familiar with the work of Scott and Fuller back in the 1950s, John Paul Scott and John Fuller, who looked at um, the development of a lot of behaviors in dogs, the way that they describe the development of normal elimination behavior, that when the puppy um, can um, eliminate on his own, which is usually around what, three to four weeks, he no longer has to be stimulated by his mom. And when he has the physical motor control to actually begin to, to walk around and control his, his um, motor movements, puppies will tend to automatically move away from the resting area or the sleeping area to relieve themselves. So as that happens, then the areas that they remove themselves to are... Um, the areas that they then come to prefer for elimination. So the texture that they feel underneath their feet during those initial, um, the establishment of these initial preferences um, remains for a while until the puppy has access to other surfaces. So the surface textures that the puppy has access to initially to relieve himself in can be very important as he chooses where to eliminate. So when the puppy goes into the new owner's home, the new owner then is their job really is to make sure that the puppy relieves himself on those surfaces where they want him to as often as possible, whether that be um, a sidewalk or a deck if you're talking about apartment living or in a city, or if it's the backyard if you're talking about um, suburban environments. Well, that also brings up a second myth, and that is is that if you crate the dog, that um, because the crate is um, very much like a nest, or people think that it is, that the dog is going to be inhibited from eliminating there. And as we talked about earlier, if he doesn't have the physical control yet, and you keep him in there too long, he's going to eliminate in there anyway. But it's not the case that the dog thinks of the crate as the nest and is inhibited from eliminating there and is going to inhibit himself because he's stuck there. Exactly. So don't be overly concerned about providing this little teeny tiny crate with the myth that, well, that you don't want it too big because the puppy will sleep in one end and relieve himself in another. If he needs to relieve himself while he's crated, as Dan said, then that's a big sign that he's been crated for far too long. And um, the owner needs to find another way of managing the, the puppy if he needs to be left alone for longer than the puppy can control his bladder and bowels. So that's the first 
step or the first component of successful house training is establishing those desirable surface preferences for where we want the puppy to eliminate. And also location is part of that as well. If the puppy has a whole bunch of chances to relieve himself in the formal dining room, then not only can carpet become a preference, but also can the location of the dining room. So that really goes hand in hand then with the second component um, or a second essential of house training, which is preventing those unwanted preferences from developing. And as we talked about, a crate can be one way of doing that, but for very young, young puppies, they can't control their bladder and bowels for that long, maybe an hour or two, depending on the age of the puppy. Yeah, it depends on the age of the puppy and the, the developmental state of that particular puppy. There's some variation there um, with the ages. Some individuals develop a little slower, some a little quicker. But the whole idea is, is that you want to try to manage the dog and try to figure out when he or she needs to go and get them to the proper location. And so you try to prevent the accidents from occurring by keeping the animal out of those areas or um, not having the opportunity to eliminate in those areas that you don't want him to. Exactly. So if the puppy has to be left alone for um, a whole work day, if a working couple gets a puppy, then the puppy needs to be left in an area that will provide for resting space and for elimination space, very much like a, a nest box in a in a breeding facility or in a when the puppy is with uh, the mom and litter mates. Um, it's not reasonable to confine a puppy in a crate for longer than an hour or two when he's very young because he just can't control his bladder and balance that long. So that's a, those really kind of cover the first and second components of house training. So the third component then is establishing that two-way communication between the puppy and the owner um, about when the puppy has the need to relieve itself. And initially, we want to be taking the puppy to the door. Um, not When I say taking, that doesn't mean carrying. That means um, encouraging the puppy to follow us along to whatever um, outlet, um, door you want the puppy to go out of, either on a walk or um, outside, to relieve himself. And in the beginning, it's important to use a, a particular phrase to, for the puppy. Do you want to go outside? Do you want to go do your business? Whatever it is. And initially, when the, you, when the puppy hears that phrase, when the owner says it, then, then the door should just open. The owner should go ahead and open the door. But at some point, when the um, puppy begins to get the expectation that when he hears that phrase, the door is going to open, if we hesitate and not open the door right away, then the puppy will probably engage in some sort of frustration behavior, whether that's pawing at the door, pawing at the owner, barking, whatever that means, because the door isn't being open as the puppy expects it should be because he's learned that association. And then when the puppy expresses any of those behaviors, barking or pawing at the door or at the owner, then the owner can let the um, can open the door, let the puppy out. So those sort of frustration behaviors then are being conditioned into being the signal or the way that the puppy notifies the owner that um, he needs to go outside. Well, and in addition to those frustration behaviors, there are, are other kind of unconditioned behaviors too. 
as the puppy's bladder and bowels gets full, the puppy's going to get a little more active. He's going to start sniffing around. He's going to start looking. Um, seeing signs of that then should lead you to begin to ask the puppy, uh, puppy, do we need to go outside? And then take him out and see whether or not he really does need to eliminate. Exactly. And of course, his need to eliminate will be much more consistent if he's on a regular feeding schedule. That pretty much covers the basics of house training. There are many reasons why dogs will eliminate inside not related to a lack of, of house training. We're just covering in this particular episode basic house training procedures. But we do have a webinar on PetProWebinars.com that delves more into the reasons for um, elimination in the house. And as I said, only one of which can be a lack of or some sort of breakdown in house training. So if you want to learn more about how best to help people with house training or house soiling problems, then we would point you to our webinar course at PetProWebinars.com. And below the player for this um, audio podcast, you will find a link um, to that webinar course on PetProWebinars.com. Or you can just go directly to the website and type um, house soiling problems in the search box and it will take you right to it. That pretty much ends this podcast. Any final thoughts on house training, Dr. Dan, aside from no punishment? Patience, patience, patience. Exactly. And again, as we talked about house training, not house breaking, um, any sort of punishment doesn't have a place in house training at all. So we appreciate you listening to this. If you have questions, you can always put them in the comment box on the page on the website where this podcast resides, which is behavioreducationnetwork.com. And we look forward to having you with us on our next episode. Again, thanks for listening. And this is Dr. Suzanne Hetz and Dr. Dan Step. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.